Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. Episode number 167. My theme today is beauty. Uh, beauty is a common theme in poetry, especially did it uh, become very prominent in the uh, romantic period with a lot of emphasis on the idea of beauty being equal to truth. Uh, perhaps hearkening back to the platonic Socratic idea of beauty being one of the great eternal ideas uh, alongside such lofty ideas as love and justice. Uh, the question of beauty has been uh, used in numerous ways down through the centuries in poetry and in all art. Uh, often it was an idealization of a woman and despite the superficial attempt to praise a woman uh eventually it came to represent a false gaze at a woman an idealization versus a reality uh as we move into the modern period there's more uh scientific and cynical approaches that in interfere with the idea of beauty uh what is beauty exactly is beauty uh relative to the beholder is it in fact eternal? Is it in fact uh, absolute? Uh, so interesting questions all the way around. I notice in my own writing that I come back to that theme quite a bit. And uh, I'll end today's program with one of my humble poems about beauty. But uh, I love the romantics and I love Keats uh, despite whatever um, scholarly questions I have about uh, making his claims absolute i find his his effects really worth looking at and of course keats is most famous for that uh, couplet that ends ode on a grecian urn uh, which we all read in school somewhere along the way beauty is truth truth beauty that is all you know on earth and all you need to know and so that idealistic connection of truth and beauty is synonymous. Um, certainly a worthy thing to think about. Well, I've been uh, looking at um, Harold Bloom's amazing anthology. Um, and despite its limitations, he does offer some fascinating insights and alerts me in particular to poets that I am not aware of or had uh, overlooked or had forgotten. One of those is Robert Bridges, and uh, I'm going to read one of his 1893 poems. And Harold Bloom uh, says of this poem, whose title is Nightingales, he says it's a reply to Keats's ode on a Grecian urn and the idea of truth and beauty being synonymous Although, uh, as you'll see in the poem, and Bloom points out, with Bridges, we're moving towards a more modernist sensibility, and perhaps the nightingales are not used as idealization symbols, um, but are have more of a naturalistic response uh, in, in the poem. Let me read Nightingales for you. Beautiful must be the mountains when she come, and bright in the fruitful valleys, the streams wherefrom ye you learn your song. Where are those starry woods? 
O oh, might I wander there among the flowers which in that heavenly air bloom the year long. Nay, barren are those mountains and spent the streams. Our song is the voice of desire that haunts our dreams, a throw of the heart whose pining visions dim, forbidden hopes profound, no dying cadence nor long sigh can sound for all our art. Alone, aloud in the raptured ear of men, we pour our dark nocturnal secret, and then, as night is withdrawn from these sweet springing meads and bursting boughs of May, dream while the innumerable choir of day Welcome the Dawn. Nightingales by Robert Bridges. Well, I am also uh, reading Emily Dickinson in preparation for my semester, where we will look at some of her poetry. And I'd like to read one of her poems that follows on this theme. Um, I Died for Beauty. It's number 449 in the complete poems. I died for beauty, but was scarce suggested in the tomb when one who died for truth was lain in an adjoining room. He questioned softly why I failed. For beauty, I replied, and I for truth, themselves are one. We brethren are, he said. And so as kinsmen met at night, we talked between the rooms until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our names. I died for beauty. So with Emily here, it looks like she is reaffirming the Keatsian idea of beauty and truth as uh, brethren, as equal uh, values in the pursuit of knowledge and understanding of human experience. But I am fascinated by her last stanza where she, um, clever as always, inserts a tiny bit of doubt. We talked between the rooms until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our names, almost as if it's going to be lost in the passage of time. Fascinating. I'd like to read now a poem on the idea of beauty by Rupert Brooke. Brooke, who died a very young age, was uh, uh, is famous for his World War I poetry along with Wilfred Owen and others. Uh, he died uh, on a ship in 1915 and was unable to be returned to, to his home. He was uh, buried in Greece. But he has this lovely poem here. And again, lovely is an interesting word, but he has this poem that is insightful, follows the idea of beauty. Uh, but you'll notice with Brooke, you have a modernist sensibility. And of course, he is been affected both by the war and uh, the social questions that are leading to the war. The poem is in two stanzas, and so the first stanza, When Beauty and Beauty Meet, the second stanza, Where Beauty and Beauty Met, past tense. Rupert Brooke, When beauty and beauty meet, all naked, fair to fair, the earth is crying sweet and scattering bright the air, eddying, dizzying, closing round with soft and drunken laughter, veiling all that may befall, after, after. 
Where beauty and beauty met, earth's still a tremble there, and winds are scented yet, and memory soft the air, blossoming, folding glints of light and shreds of shadowy laughter, not the tears that fill the ears after, after. So with Brooks, uh, with Brooke, you get this idea of, uh, at least my impression is that beauty is profound in the moment, but as Dickinson hinted, it, it may not fill the years, um, only in memory, but as time passes, that beauty dissipates to an extent. Perhaps. It's a worthy question. I'll end the program with my poem, A Question Raised by Firelight, from Contour Feathers. A Question Raised by Firelight, Destined by Failure, Shaped by the Rough Cuts of a Dull Blade, Nonetheless, A Hope Persists, A Struggle to Believe That Belief Has an End Worth All the Effort. If you think it is beautiful, then it must be. But is beauty sufficient, a worthy substitute for what is lacking? Thank you for joining me and for thinking along with me about the idea of beauty, especially in various poetic contributions of poets through the, through the years. Information about my work and my appearances is at kenhated.org. Until next week, I'm Ken Hated with the Sunday Poems.